It's just a delight for us today uh, to have with us Ian McCormack. Now, some of you have, have possibly heard Ian share before. Sometimes this, some of you, this will be the first moment. But, but I'm not going to tell you his story. That's what he's here to do. I just want to say what a privilege it is to have a man who God has been using for over 30 years, traveling to over 50 nations around the world, to, to tell the story of his love and his power. And if, a God, if God can touch and change, Ian McCormack's life in the way that he did when he was walking away from God, then anyone's life can be touched here today. Whether you're watching online, whether you're in the room here today, I want to give a little shout out to my friend Jacques. I know you couldn't be here today, but I know you're watching online. Enjoy this, my friend. I'm praying for you. And I just, I'm just, I'm expecting this morning that no matter, no matter what brought you along this morning, whether it was someone's 14th invitation to come to church and you finally crumbled, whether you've seen it online, uh, whether, whether you've been meaning to get back to church or whatever it is that's brought you along today, I, I know this morning as your heart is open that this man has a message from God that is incredibly powerful and I want to honor you Ian for for the burden of sharing your testimony around the world time and time and time again it has changed so many lives there are there are people in this church who are following Christ who heard about the message of his love from you for the first time so come on C3 Powerhouse let's put our hands together and welcome Ian McCormick fantastic Please sit down. Good morning. And thank you for your testimony, Dan. It was amazing. And John and Danielle, thank you for having me back in the church. Passage that um, I found just to read this morning is found at the end of the Bible in Revelations chapter 22. And he showed me a river of water of life, crystal clear coming from the throne of God and Jesus Christ the Lamb. And in the middle of the streets on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall no longer be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his bondservants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name will be on their forehead. There will no longer be any night, for they not, will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun, because the Lord God shall illuminate them, and they shall reign forever and ever. Isn't that amazing? There's so much radiance and light coming forth from Jesus that you will not need the light of the sun, because the supernatural presence of his glory will shine upon the new heavens and new earth. Psalm 40, uh, 34 verse 5 says, those who look to him shall be radiant. Isn't that amazing? That you can look upon him and your countenance can be changed. Uh, I love reading about Moses, how he met with God face to face, received the Ten Commandments. And when he came down from the mountain, his face was literally shining with the light of the glory of God. God can stamp eternity in our hearts, the eyes of the windows of our soul, and we're to be sons and daughters of light, that our spirit, our inner man, can be transformed from glory to glory. And the greatest of that love is, is God's presence filling us. God is love, and his love heals the most broken heart, and love casts out all fear. How many like to have all the fear taken from you? All the brokenness healed. <laughs> and the manifest presence of God's Holy Spirit filling your spirit that you become one with him. Shall we pray? So Lord, we thank you that your love is indescribable. Your love is eternal. Your love does not manipulate or control but your love is freely given. You so love the world that you came to save it. You wish that none would perish, but all would come to a relationship and a face-to-face -face encounter with you. I pray you open the eyes of our heart to see the true revelation 
of you, the light of the world, the King of glory. May you pour your amazing spirit out, your Holy Spirit, upon each one of us. And may your peace truly come this day into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, as I was sitting here this morning, uh, worshiping God, and someone tapped me on my uh, heart <laughs> and passed me a painting. I don't know if I can show it all to you. Um, it's by a man who's got my surname, McCormick, <laughs> which is quite bizarre. Um, he's an artist here. Rod, where are you? And Sharon? Over here, mate. So thank you. Really appreciate that. Um, what's so amazing is that Jesus Christ is alive. And um, he is the Prince of Peace. Emmanuel, Yeshua, Hamashiach. And the scripture that Rod gave was um, out of John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So thank God we have eternal life, resurrection life, life abundantly in Christ. When the Son of God comes in, the darkness must flee. I lived in hopelessness for many years. I was looking for the meaning and truth to life. Thank God Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the meaning. I am life itself. Those who have the Lord inside have life, an abundant life. It is incredible to see the transformation, and it's on the inner man. I'm going to show you some photographs in the short time we have this morning on PowerPoint. The first one is my wife, Jane, who would love to be here, if we have that on the computer. Oh, there she is. We've been married 30 years. Uh, her testimony is more powerful than mine. She came to know the Lord as a little girl and never turned away. She was brought up in a Christian home for generations. And if you have a testimony like that, don't turn away. But thank God he loves um, degenerates and sinners like me. Anyone else out there that's mess, messed up and kind of lost the plot? What a bunch of holy people. I gave the next photograph. Um, we have three beautiful children, Michael, Lisa, and Sarah. Next photo. We'll just flash, flash through some of these. Different ones of the tourist brochure. Keep going. Just keep flicking through. Some waterfalls. Oops, C3, happy birthday. That'll work. It's called Stingray Bay. It's um, Cathedral Cove. This is just near home. This is where I live. It's called the Mount. And we get a few fish in the harbor and a few crays just off. And next picture. And my surfing spot was Raglan. It was in a movie called Endless Summer. And in the... Um, in the, in the early um, 1980s, I began to travel the world surfing. And it's good to see Ian, one of your famous surfers here. <laughs> Come on. I surf with Mitch Farrelly. This is a real deal, mate. Next photograph. I'd spent two years surfing through um, Southeast Asia, through Bali, through Indonesia, Sri Lanka. And I remembered as I traveled, I was um, confronted by many people's different belief and in those years, we had tried everything from astral projection, uh, advanced yoga. We had tried all kinds of stuff looking for reality, spirituality. I went to Borobudur. I went up to Kandy to what they call um, the Temple of the Tooth, the Perahara. I was watching quite supernatural things. I went to Kathragama, a holy city hidden in the Neralia National Park in Sri Lanka. And I began to encounter supernatural spiritual things, but none of it really brought the peace that I was looking for. I was seeing presence and power, supernatural realm, but there was something missing, love and peace. So next photograph, oops, not that one. I ended up after two years of surfing on an island called Mauritius, great left-hand reef break, next picture. Next. I was living with a local Creoles, these guys was, um, don't worry, be happy, smoke more hashish. This is Bob Marley, Cheech and Chong, Mullumbimby Madness. Any remember those boys? Woodstock. <laughs> so 
So I'm hanging out with the rustas, and we blew the local rustas out with some hand rub cashmere hash, and so we're in with the family quite quickly. <laughs> but of course, none of you have done that. So next photograph. This is the island, beautiful, outer reef, great, uh, great surf, great diving. Next photograph. And what we'd do is we'd dive not only during the day but at night. Because we're traveling, surfing for two years, diving for your seafood for your dinner was important. So we'd dive at late at night off, off Mauritius, and we'd get crab, crayfish. Next picture. It was the 19th of April, 1982, um, before internet, before we had Google, <laughs> before we had web searches. Swam right in front of me a whole bunch of box jellyfish. As a New Zealander, I'd heard about them as I surfed up the coast and come up to Noosa, never seen a photograph of them. So when this thing swam in front of me, I was unsure what it was. Uh, unfortunately, as you know, it's one of the deadliest venom known to man. Before I could get out of the water, I'd been hit five times because I had what was called a short sleeve vest on. My forearms were exposed and my neck. The other divers had full wetsuits, rubber hoods, rubber booties, leather gloves to them. The water at night was cold. For me, the water at night was actually like a warm bath. So I've been hit five times. Next picture. I climbed up onto the boat. They said, urinate on your arm immediately, and one of these will kill you. I said, I've been hit by five of them. They said, impossible. Allez, allez, vitamore hospital. Quickly, quickly. As the young boy took off towards the shore, I said to the divers, come with me, Simon. He said, Ian, there's no engine. Go or you die. So the boy took me to shore. Next picture, as I hit the beach, I stood up in a place called Rivière-Noire, and as I stood up, my right leg collapsed. The neurotoxin from the box jellyfish had, within a few minutes, taken out half of my body, which is incredibly powerful toxin. Um, the kid dragged me out of the boat up onto the main road. Then he began to panic. He saw I was dying and he wanted to go back and rescue the other divers. I said, no, ambulance, gendarme, telephone. But of course, in 1982, no, no mobile phones, no internet. The kid panicked, thinking his brothers would be killed, ran back to the boat and left me half dead on the side of the road. This poison can kill. If I'd been hit in the throat, I'd have been dead in three or four minutes. Having been hit on the extremity, 10, 15 minutes, everyone reacts differently. But I was right on the edge of slipping into a coma, certain death. And I was strong, I was fit, but I was going down so quickly that I literally began to close my eyes, lying on the side of the road, maybe 10 minutes after the attack. As my eyes began to shut, I heard an audible man's voice speak to me. He said, son, if you close your eyes, you shall never awake again. Startled by this man's voice, I looked in the direction where it came from. No one. That's weird. Where the heck did he go? So in New Zealand, we have special institutions for people that hear invisible voices talking to them. And they give them a wonderful drug called Prozac and stick them in white jackets that buckle up from behind. Now I thought, I'm not a nutter. What the heck was that? But I realized it had literally stopped me from going into a sleep, which would have been certain death. I was a lifeguard as an instructor in scuba, done veterinary science. I knew physiologically I should not be shutting my eyes. I needed antiserum. Startled by this and not knowing who that voice was, but I now do know, the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. I remember later asking God, how come you're talking to me? I was a black sheep. Any black sheep sneaking here this morning? What a holy bunch of people, mate. And you got one black sheep, the rest of you are flipping saints. Polish your halo later. Here I am, I'm dying, I'm going down, and I've got someone I don't believe exists talking to me. How many know that's out there? Well, thank God Jesus goes looking for the lost sheep. Trouble is, I didn't know I was lost. I thought I was onto it, you know what I mean? I thought I'd found it. So I thought religion was a crutch for weak people, weak-minded who couldn't handle reality. They obviously had to believe in something. Of course, that's not how you think. So here I am, I'm going, and I, the voice stops me from dying. I stood up and began to fight for my life. Before an ambulance came, my whole body had gone into the death rattles, and I was literally completely paralyzed as I was lifted into an ambulance. Next picture. As they raced me towards the hospital, I began to see like a video clip of this is your life. 
Although, man, this happens before people die. I've heard commentaries on TV about this phenomena. So I quickly checked my vital signs. My mind succinctly said, you are nearly dead. I thought, well, look, if I died, is there life after death or nothing? I thought, well, I'm an atheist. I'm convinced that when you die, cessation of life, the worms get you. Well, they cremate you. It's all over. I thought, but I'm also a gambler. I'm a gambling atheist. The atheist said, nothing out there. The gambler said, you've been wrong before, son. How many have heard of Russian roulette? How many know you don't play that very often? We don't exactly die very often. So I'm lying here thinking, well, this is like Russian roulette. I've heard all the isms, Buddhism, Taoism, humanism, Darwinism, Confucianism, existentialism. How many knows a few out there? I thought, I haven't got a clue which one is right. But if there is life after death, I'm not afraid to die. I will soon find out. As I lay there, unbeknown to me on the other side of the world, as I'm seeing my life flash before me, my mother sees my face appear before her. And, and she hears a voice which she knows to be God say, your elder son Ian is nearly dead, pray for him now. How many mothers know when your children are in trouble and you can be a million miles away from them? How many men wouldn't have a clue? Well, my dad didn't have a clue. Next photograph. My mother, unbeknown to me, is on her knees in New Zealand in front in her bedroom. I, I open, I'm looking in this ambulance and suddenly mum appears like a crystal clear vision on her knees praying for me with her hands like this. You know the older people pray that way? So I'm looking at her and she looks me straight in the eye and she said, Ian, no matter what you've done wrong in your life, son, no matter how far from God you are, if you call out to God from your heart, God will hear you and God will forgive you. I mean, it was so powerful that I, it felt like she was right there. It was so crystal clear. And as I'm looking at her, I thought, Mom, it's too late. If there is a God out there, uh, he couldn't possibly forgive me. Look at the heap of stuff I've done wrong. How many own mothers don't just give up on that one? You know? said, son, call out to God. I thought, well, Mum, if there is a God, which one? There's so many to choose from. By that stage, I'd seen Ghani, Shiva, Vishnu, Kalima, Sahibaba. I'm lying there going, well, who is God? If you exist, I need to see you to believe. If you show me your face, I will pray right now. As I lay there, no image of any of the gods appeared, only my mother. I thought, well, mother is not God. How <laughs> I many know they act like it sometimes? <laughs> I thought, well, my mum's not God, but she prays to Jesus Christ. Could mother be praying to the true living God? I thought, well, her life and her attributes, the character, the humility, the gentleness within her, if there is one out there, this woman surely be one I would turn to and say she is a true believer, not a hypocrite. As I lay there, I thought she's not a religious woman, but there is an amazing gentleness and love in her, which is not of this world. Perhaps she does know the Lord. Perhaps Christianity is the right one. I thought, well, as a gambler, you're putting all your chips up on one number. I thought, well, I ain't seen anyone else. What have I got to lose? Maybe I'm wrong. I thought, what would you pray that's Christian just before you die? I thought, well, my mother taught me as a little boy, she used to kneel by my bed every night and pray the Our Father's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer. I thought, well, that's Christian. What have I got to lose? As I tried to pray it, my mind went completely blank. How many have had that happen? How many have it happen quite often? <laughs> well, my wife can remember their phone numbers, the name of the kids, their birth dates. Mate, I can't remember my best mate sometimes. What's his name? <laughs> Thank God for notes and iPhones. So I lay there. I am dying and I am going, God, if you exist, if you see anything in my heart, it feels like stone, but if there's anything good in there, help me to pray. I can't remember how to pray the simplest of prayers. Suddenly words appeared. Forgive us our trespasses and sins. I thought, forgive us our sins. How can I say these simple words and God forgive me all of the stuff I've done in my life? I thought, well, I've got no time to list them. I'm nearly dead. So I said, God, if you can forgive a man like me, I don't know a heap of stuff wrong. I wouldn't even know where to start. But if you can forgive a man like me, please forgive me all my sins. The words disappeared. Fresh words came up. Forgive those who have trespassed and sinned against you. I have to forgive others. Well, I'm not revengeful and vindictive by nature. God, I can forgive anyone, no matter what they've done to me, 
I forgive them. As I said that, two men's faces appeared in front of me. I thought, what the, are they doing here? How many have seen your husband's eyes turn red? I'm lying there and I'm, I'm kicking off. I'm thinking, what the beep, beep, beep are these mongrels doing here? And the voice said, will you forgive these men for what they've done to you? I thought, you must be joking. I'm going to flip and lay my hands on those. How many have been in touch with your anger? How would you like to deal it out? Well, I lay there and I thought to myself, who's this voice? I've prayed this prayer tens of thousands of times as a little kitty. Polly want a cracker? Stand up, sit down and kneel. I'm lying here thinking, I'm actually going to have to forgive real people. Have you got people on your hit list? Maybe you sit next to them, I don't know. (laughs) So I lay there and I thought, well, Jesus, before he died, said, Father, forgive them. I remember something from Sunday school as they crucified him. How many know it's easy to say the words, but not from your heart? So I said, God, I don't know. I don't want to forgive them, but if you can forgive me, which would be an absolute miracle, all my sins, I'll forgive these men. I'll never touch them. I'll never lay my hands upon them. Their faces instantly disappeared. Fresh words came up. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Although that must mean God's will. I said, so far, it's my will. I'm independent, self-sufficient, and proud of it. How many know to pray that? You're going to have to admit you're wrong. Humble yourself and surrender your life to the Lordship of Christ. Although I've never done that. I've mumbled these words off thousands of times. How many Catholics and Anglicans are in the meeting here? How many have been christened and catechized and confirmed? How many have had all this stuff done? How many know we know what's going on, but we're honoring him with our words, but our hearts are far from him? I'm now realizing I have to actually get my heart in touch with these words. How many know it's hard for a man to admit he's wrong? How many men know they're never wrong? So I lay there and I said, well, God, I admit I'm wrong. I have no idea what you're doing in heaven. It's got nothing to do with my lifestyle here on earth. But if you can hear me, if you can somehow help me through this experience, I will find your will. I will find whatever you're doing in heaven and try and live it on earth all the days of my life. I admit I'm wrong. I surrender my life to you. Please forgive me. I'm a very arrogant man. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Suddenly all the words came. The whole prayer, as I prayed it, an incredible peace entered my heart. And this peace has not left me in nearly 38 years. I found out that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Peace I give you, not of this world. And those who call upon his name from their hearts shall be saved. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. I had the certificates to say I was a Christian, but I knew I wasn't. That moment in that ambulance when I prayed for my heart of hearts, I felt eternity touch me. I thought, what a time to figure out that he's real. Oh my God, I wonder how many men just like me in their dying moments surrender their life to Christ. Don't you ever judge anybody. You have no idea what people do in their hearts. And you have no idea who's praying for them. We don't need anyone to judge us or rub our nose in it. We need someone to be on their knees praying for us. You may have a thousand people that hate that guy's guts and wish him dead. Only takes one praying mum. You may wish yourself dead. You may have pressed yourself to strike button. You may wish to take yourself out because you can't live with yourself. But God can come in there and give you life. I had pressed myself to strike button years ago. I am literally right here finding that God's real. He can speak to you and touch you. As I'm lying there in that ambulance, suddenly the door swung open. They lifted me in wheelchair into the hospital. Next picture. As they raced me in there, they tried to put blood pressure, no, no pulse, two machines, no pulse. They began to try and get drip feed and anti-serum into me, and I felt like a pincushion in the next picture as they hooking me up. But I could feel myself going further and further away. I couldn't speak, I couldn't move, but I could hear everything people were saying. Just before people die, they can hear every syllable you say, even if they're on a life support machine, because faith comes by hearing. And God has allowed hearing to be the last faculty. So if you've got a friend on a machine, they say they're a vegetable, pray out loud. 
let them hear you. Talk to them. Get it off your chest what you need to do. Make, make peace with your, your family, friend, and loved one. Talk it out. They can hear every word you say. I could hear them saying there's no hope. I thought, I'm not going to die. I'm going to fight this. As I continued to fight, I couldn't keep my eyes open. In the end, I thought, oh, I'll shut them, find some fresh strength. As I shut them, next picture, suddenly the machines monitoring my vital signs flatlined. And in a moment in time, I felt this incredible release like I didn't have to fight any longer. And in a moment, I found myself out of my body. Of the next picture. As I came out, how many have heard of people looking down upon their dead corpse, 10, 15 feet above it? What was amazing was I was alive, but my body was dead. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet they shall live. And when a man dies, his spirit leaves his body. What was amazing to me was that I've seen dead bodies, and it's like a shell. The person that's in there you think is asleep, but they're actually dead. I found to my amazement, my body was dead, but I was very much alive. I mean, that would freak out a bit. In a moment, I was out of the hospital, and next photograph, into complete darkness. I thought, did I die? Well, I'm alive. Must have had a power cut in this thermal hospital. So I turned around thinking my pupils were dilated. I still couldn't see any light. I thought, okay, find the light switch. You ever slept at a friend's place and tried to go to the toilet in the middle of the night? How many know you put your hand and foot out or you hit the wall? So I couldn't find a wall. I thought, well, where's my hospital bed? There should be a lamp, should be a bed. Oh, great, now you've lost your bed, you idiot. So as I'm groping around trying to find a bed or a lamp, I thought, it's so dark in here, you can't see your hand in front of your face. So I bring my hand towards my face, and my hand goes straight through my face. Well, that's out there, you can't miss your face. Two hands, both hands go straight through my head. I went for my chest, straight through, my hand, straight through. I thought, how can a man feel his body is there, but when he goes to touch it, it's not? And then I remember granddad fought in Gallipoli and survived. Some of the old soldiers he had visited after the war, and their men with legs missing and arms. One old guy said, scratch my foot, sonny. And he had no leg. I thought, what? Something wrong with that guy. He's mental. But in those years, we were told to be seen and not heard remember those days so I didn't say anything my grandfather thought I was troubled and said what's wrong son I said granddaddy is there something wrong with your friend he's told me to scratch his foot he ain't got a leg and grandfather began to tell me about in the war many men lost them legs and arms but they could feel they were still there I thought oh my gosh my whole body could be back in that hospital I could actually be out of it in this realm of darkness what the heck is this thing then I could feel the most intense evil pervading the atmosphere, like a spiritual darkness. And then I felt people coming to, out of it, to, the darkness towards me. Then I heard voices screaming, shut up, you deserve to be here, you're in hell. And I'm thinking, hell? If this is hell, where's the party? Very hard to grab a beer, isn't it? Very hard to dance the night away. So I'm standing here realizing that I am literally in the same, out of my body and around with other men. And I could be in hell. I thought, well, God has every reason to have cast me to hell. Look how I live my life. I rolled the dice. As I stood there, I realized the evil couldn't touch me. It's interesting, Psalm 23 says, the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. To my amazement, Jesus was actually with me in the midst of that darkness. It says, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Life, death, principality of power. So he was actually showing me the true hell, not, not a Dante's Inferno, not a bunch of rotting corpses and boys with trident pitchforks stirring up the fire. I was actually realizing that the desires of men's heart, of immorality, drunkenness, adulteries, were in their heart, but when they have no physical body when they're dead, they can't fulfill them. So it's a metaphor when the worm will not devour the flesh isn't a physical translation of it. It's a metaphor. It's a mystery. Do you understand this? So I'm standing here realizing these men are full of hatred, full of anger, full of murder, but they can't touch me because greater is he within me than he's within the world. And God was leading me through the valley of a shadow of death to show me where I should have gone. How many know that would put the fear of God on you? And you wouldn't want your worst enemy to go here. As I stood there, next picture... Pure white light pierced through the darkness. 
As it did, it shone directly upon me, but instead of dissipating from the distance, it concentrated, very unusual for light from a great distance to pinpoint me. As it pinpointed me, next picture, the light surrounded me and my entire being became weightless and was caught up into the air. How many have heard that when Christ returns, if you're still alive, you should be caught up into the air? How many can't wait for that? <laughs> well, as the speck of dust was drawn up in this pure white light, as I looked far above me, I could see a passageway or a tunnel between the two kingdoms. I found out later, Paul said there is a, there is a narrow way, this is Jesus said, and then he said there is two kingdoms, Acts 26, 18. Kingdom of darkness ruled by Satan and the kingdom of light ruled by Jesus. But there is a passageway between the two. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the light of the world. Those who come to me shall no longer walk in darkness. I move at the speed of light into this narrow passageway. As I've been drawn towards the kingdom of light, waves of liquid light come up and incredible waves of comfort and peace and joy, giving off a living emotion. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit is comfort, peace, and joy. I turn my head to the right to see what my body looked like. And to my amazement, as I saw my hand, it was actually transparent, no longer bone and flesh. Scriptures say we'll be changed. Mortality will take on immortality. First the natural man, then the heavenly. First the earthly, then the spiritual. I could now see what men who've had limbs amputated could feel. Because when a man dies, his spiritual body's there. He steps out of it. The lame shall walk, the deaf shall hear, the blind shall see. Why? Because their physical body of spina bifida and Down syndrome no longer limits their body. They, when they die, they step out of it. No sickness, no death. To my amazement, I'm seeing my spiritual body out of its physical form. But it is a hand. But of course it will pass through because there's no physical form to hinder it. I come out of the tunnel of light. Next picture. I come into a realm which made the tunnel made it look small. I come into a realm that it, it seems like the cosmos, the universe, galaxies, star systems come from this light. I thought, what the heck is that? Is there something in there? Or is this just some innate power in the cosmos? As I thought that, it was as though I was speaking. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So inside that light, I hear a voice. Same voice that led me through the Lord's Prayer. He said, Ian, do you wish to return? Oh, the return? How the heck did you know my name? There is a person. I look behind me, and here is a tunnel going back into hell, into, hell, into Hades. I said, let's take this off. As I'm looking at that, I thought, am I actually dead? Is this reality? Am I talking to a being of light who literally knows my name and I'm dead out of my body? Or am I lying comatized in my physical body in a hospital with endorphins, starvation of oxygen, and it's all happening in my head? How many have heard of this? It's called an NDE, near-death experience. That word says that they're not dead. You with me? How many know that neurotoxin from the box jellyfish doesn't go past just near dead? It actually kills you? And it's a neurotoxin, so it doesn't just, you can be heart dead, but not brain dead. But a neurotoxin hits the central cortex. It takes the brain out. So when you die from a box jellyfish, no point in doing CPR, no use trying to kickstart the heart. That brain is dead, uh, brain dead, finished, cessation of life. So they had moved my corpse into, down into the uh, mortuary of the hospital. I couldn't see this. I'm thinking, this seems terrifyingly real. If I'm dead out of my body, I wish to return. He said, Ian, if you wish to return, you must see in a new light. I thought, light, see the light. Are you the true light? He said, Ian, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. 1 John 1, 5. As he spoke it, these words appeared literally like words of light in front of me. Now, I'd looked at Taoism, Buddhism, reincarnation. They put in the circle of life, yin and yang. They make light and darkness equal and opposite. This statement was completely blowing that out and saying, no, no, God is light, and in him there's no darkness. He's completely separate from it. So in one statement, he is literally obliterating New Age teaching, which I've been listening to and following for many years. And in the yin and yang, they have 
light in the darkness possible, but they have darkness in the light impossible. And light and darkness are not equal and opposite. Light will always take out darkness. Always. I had five yin and yang things on my town and country surfboard. <laughs> I look behind me because we cast shadows, don't we? I look behind me and there was no shadow. Why? The light of his presence, of his glory, was shining through my spiritual being of light and casting no shadow. That's why the Bible says there's no shadow or shifting. You can look at the Vedic, the Sanskrit, the Bhagavata, the Quran. You'll find nothing apart from the Bible that teaches you this truth. God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. And I'd studied all the other stuff. I'm now standing here, pure light, and I thought, if that's God, they made a real mistake here. They, they beam the wrong man up. So I moved back. As I do, waves of radiance hit me, pure, unconditional love. The greatest, incredible love. I said, but God, don't you know my sins? More and more. So I began to tell him. I said, I've cursed you, broken your commandments, I've slept around, taken a heap of drugs. More and more love floods into me. Until I told God my worst sin, as I told him that, his response was unconditional love and acceptance. I began to weep like a small boy. As I'm weeping, he speaks to me. He said, yeah, in that ambulance when you prayed the Lord's Prayer, I didn't forgive some of your sins. I forgave all of them. I found out later the prophet Isaiah said, though my sins be scarlet red, he'll wash them as white as snow that nothing but the blood of Jesus can cleanse our spirit as white as snow. I tried all ways to try and cleanse myself here through the grace of Almighty God from the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the earth. He had washed all my sins away. I was weeping, but those tears turned into joy. How great a love. How great a love. I walked into the light the presence of his spirit began to heal my broken heart. I went deeper in. As I walked deeper in, I saw him standing there, bare feet, arms of love reached out towards me and robes of light. As I looked towards his face, I turned away the radiance out of his face was seven to ten times brighter than all the glory that surrounded him. His hair was pure white. I thought, that's God. Is that Jesus? But it, nothing that I'd seen in any of the icons, any of the pictures, had Jesus with white hair. Oh, we always had him as the son of man, a human being. I'm now looking upon Jesus glorified, the son of almighty God. I read later in Revelations 1, 13 to 18, it says his head and his hair were white like wool, like snow. His face shone like the sun in full strength. He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I hold the keys of death and Hades. Yeshua HaMashiach. I stood in awe. Can you imagine Jesus doing this to you? You know, a lot of Christians do that to you, mate. Here, Jesus is doing this to me. Pure love. The prodigal son coming back into the father's arms. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. Daniel 7 says, the ancient of days here was white like wool, like snow, sitting upon a throne of fire. I'm so moved. How many know you can cry and be happy? I thought you had to cry and be sad. So touched. As I walked closer to Jesus, light penetrated from his face into me absolute purity i'd given my purity years ago looking for love and ended up with lust sex here absolute childlike innocence and purity was restored to me i walked closer towards him more light came out of his face it touched my face i felt holiness i felt the holiness of god flood me i walked right up to him to try and see his face and as i tried to see his unveiled face he began to move i thought why is he moving and with his hand, he actually stepped aside and directly behind him, I could see that he was blocking a view into eternity. I looked, I could see grass, fields. The radiance that was upon Jesus was right over the creation. You knew if you stepped on it, it would spring back. I could see flowers and mountains, untouched beauty. It looked like a Garden of Eden. I could see what I, what I thought was like a crystal clear river. And I realized this was like full of life. I'd never read a Bible. I thought heaven was pearly gates and people with white sheets playing harps on clouds, talking to Morgan Freeman or something. Right? And here I am, oh, I'm sitting here looking and going, 
well, that's a new earth. And the Lord said, yes, I've created all things new. I've created a new earth, a new heaven, new Jerusalem, the city of God. There's a river of life. Old things will pass away. This old earth will pass away. This old heaven will pass away. Our bodies will pass away. But how many like to get a new one? So I wouldn't just stay as a spiritual being of light. I'd be clothed with an immortal body. I knew if I stepped in, I could never come back. As I began to step in, Jesus stepped right back in front of me. The next picture. As he stood in front of me, he said, Ian, do you wish to remain or return? What would you do? Sunshine Coast is absolutely beautiful. Malulaba. Oh, this is a phenomenal. This is heaven on earth stuff here, mate. All the way up Noose. This is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. This ever made a cool and beach just to surf with. But when you see this, you're home. You're home. You know you've been created for this. The Bible says we're sojourners, aliens, looking for a place made by God, not by man. As I stood there in absolute awe, I said, I don't want to go back. No one to go back from. Not married. I have no children or none that I know of. No one loves me. No one to go back for. And I look back to say goodbye, cruel world. As I look back, guess who was right behind me in a clear vision? My mum. It hit me. I thought, oh my God. There is one person who tried to tell me about this stuff. She's the only believer in our family. Had I not seen her in that ambulance, would I have prayed? No. Would I have made I would never have made it. She's never given up. I've rubbished all this stuff. Will she know that I've got into eternity? Will she know I made it through? I thought, no, she won't. How could she be communicated with? Could I send a message back from heaven to say I made it? I thought, I don't know. It'll cripple her faith if she has to bury my corpse, think I went to hell. I want to go back and tell my dear mother, this stuff's real. I love her so much, God. I want to go back. I couldn't possibly smash her heart anymore. It would destroy her. I want to go back. He said, Ian, if you return, you must see things in a new light from an eternal heavenly perspective. Do you realize when you receive Jesus into your heart, you see through the eyes of eternity? You see from a heavenly perspective. You see this is a temporal transition into the glory realm. As I stood there, I look back again. Next photo, my dad appeared. Next photo, my brother, my sister, and hundreds of thousands of people, often to infinitum, a sea of humanity. I said, God, why do you show me all these people? He said, Ian, I'm showing you because I love these people. Most will not come into church any longer to hear my name. I want you to go back and tell them also. I said, but God, I don't know these folks. I don't love them. I love my mum. I can generally say that. How the heck can you love all of humanity? It's hard enough to love one person, doesn't it? And the Lord said, son, I wish all of them to come to know me. That's why I do what I'm doing. I said, how do I go back down a tunnel, back into, my ho- into that hell, back into my body? I don't even know how I got here. He said, Ian, tilt your head. Now open your eye and see. Next photograph. I found to my amazement as he spoke, I was instantly back in my body. Doctors, one of them holding my foot with a scalpel. As I came alive, he freaked out, nearly went through the ceiling. Nurses saw the corpse coming alive. Three of them ran. I thought, what the heck's happened? The doctor drops my foot. He said, you've been dead for 15 to 20 minutes. We've done nothing to bring you back. I lay there and thought, God, if that's true, no wonder this doctor's freaking out. Could you heal my body? I can feel nothing from my neck down. Please heal me so I can walk. Otherwise, I don't want to live on a machine. Please take me back to heaven. I don't want to live on a machine. I felt power like electricity flow through me. My body came back to life as I lay there. Within three hours, I was completely healed. And I've seen that healing power. I've seen people being prayed for in wheelchairs. I've seen cancers leave bodies. I've seen the same healing power that rose Christ from the dead. His same Holy Spirit do miracles in people's bodies and lives. And if he doesn't, some of them would just go straight home. I said, God, how come they all don't get healed? He said, if they did, we'd have heaven on earth. (laughs) He said, but my heaven, my kingdom's not of this world, son. I lay there. I walked out the next day. As I walked out, the fishermen saw me, thought I was a ghost, come back from the dead and ran. They were terrified. I then flew back to New Zealand. 
I said, God, what's happened? He said, you are a reborn Christian. I said, I've never heard of it. He said, read a Bible. I said, I don't have one. He said, your dad has. And within six weeks, I read the entire Bible. My mother came in watching me pray and reading. She said, son, what happened? I said, mom, I think I've seen Jesus. She wept and told me how she had been praying at the exact moment I was lying in that ambulance. We hugged each other. I was the first one back into the house of the Lord. She's still alive, 87. Next picture. I realized that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't stay dead. They buried him. Next photograph. And when the disciples went, they saw the stone rolled away. And when they ran in, next picture, he's no longer here. He's risen. He's risen. The same Holy Spirit that rose Christ from the dead had brought me back from the dead. Just like Lazarus, like a modern day Lazarus. Next picture. He ascended into heaven. The next picture, he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us day and night, night and day, that no one would get taken out. They'd all come to know him, come into his arms of love and be completely forgiven. That's an amazing living God. I serve a glorified Savior. So many people still have Jesus on the cross. Thank God the cross is empty. Jesus died that we might have eternal life. He took the punishment of sin and death. He took the sins of the world upon that cross. Thank God when we turn to him, he can take all our sins, nail them back to the cross. There's no more sting, no more death. There's eternal life. Are you, are you there? Have you given your heart fully to Christ? Have you asked him to forgive you and cleanse you with his precious blood? Have you forgiven others and surrendered the lordship of your life to the lordship of Christ? I was brought up in church. I went a million miles away. God, full circle, took me back through esoteric new age and brought me back into his arms of love. There's no other book on the planet that will tell you who that being of light is in precise detail. This is it. He even tells you about the river of life. He tells you about the new heavens and new earth. He is life itself. Shall we pray? And if you'd like to join me, in prayer I prayed in an ambulance you're here because someone's prayed for you but they can't get they can't pray for you now you've got to pray yourself and if the Holy Spirit's touched you if you're sick of sin and want to be set free I encourage you to pray this out loud with me Lord Jesus Christ pray out loud if you can Lord Jesus Christ I believe you're the son of God the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, that you died on the cross for me. I humble myself and I ask you, please forgive me all my sins. Cleanse me with your precious blood and wash me as white as snow. I forgive those who have sinned against me and I give my life to you. Be my personal Lord and Savior. Come in by the power of your Holy Spirit, the power of your love. Forgive me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Could you keep your eyes closed for a moment? If you've prayed that and said, Jesus, come into my heart, I want to know you and walk with you. Could you put your right hand on your heart? Because with the heart we believe. Out of the heart comes pure love. And if you're doing this for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, could you lift your left hand to heaven as a sign of humility, a sign of saying, Lord, that's me. I lift in my hand. I'm saying, Lord, I'm giving my life to you. I'm giving all that I am to you. I'm coming back to you. Could we all stand? In 1982, my girlfriend took me to church for the first time after this experience. And the minister invited people who had prayed to come forward. Those who had rededicated their lives, those who had come to Christ for the first time. 
And I'd prayed privately, but I'd never done that publicly. But something broke that day, the fear of man. I came forward out of a large congregation of over a thousand people and came forward and knelt down publicly before God and before man. I want to invite you, if you've lifted your hand and said, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I want to follow you. I invite you to come and join me at the front and kneel down before God. Make this an altar. I encourage you to come out from where you're seated. Come out from where you're standing and allow the love of God and the power of his love. It only takes one person to come forward. Thank you, sir. If that's you, I want you to just quickly come. Don't wait. Just say, Lord, I'm coming back to you. I'm surrendering all that I am to you. Is there anyone else? Man, woman, child. If you're a little bit afraid, maybe your Christian friend will turn to you and say, I'll come with you. I'll take you up there. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus. Is there anyone else? Grab your Christian, Christians, grab your friend if they brought, you brought him here. Say, I'll come up with you. I'll kneel down. I'll surrender with you to Christ. Is there anyone else here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, can you reach your right hand towards these three folks? It's not too late to come. Jesus humbled himself publicly on a cross. He looks for us to humble ourselves publicly before him. And so, Lord, we pray for these dear folks. I pray that your hand, your healing love would just flood them. I pray those that are even a bit afraid to come that you'd draw them. You'd draw them in your great love and mercy. You'd surround them with your radiance. You'd fill them with your spirit. They have decided to follow Jesus. I'll never turn away, Lord. Put a seal upon these decisions to this night. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Give someone a hug. <laughs> Sorry it took so long. Wow. Let's give Ian McCormack a hand.